Good morning, everybody. We're going to start with Jeremiah chapter 5, verses 20 to 25. Announce this to the descendants of Jacob and proclaim it in Judah. Hear this, you foolish and senseless people, who have eyes but do not see, who have ears but do not hear. Should you not fear me, declares the Lord? Should you not tremble in my presence? I made the sand a boundary for the sea, an everlasting barrier it cannot cross. The waves may roll, but they cannot prevail. They may roar, but they cannot cross it. But these people have stubborn and rebellious hearts. They have turned aside and gone away. They do not say to themselves, Let us fear the Lord our God, who gives autumn and spring rains in season who assures us of the regular weeks of harvest. Your wrongdoings have kept these away. Your sins have deprived you of good. And then uh, we turn to Matthew chapter 13. We're reading verses 1 to 30. So Matthew 13. That same day Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it while all the people stood on the shore. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, The plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among the thorns which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop a hundred, sixty or thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear. The disciples came to him and asked, Why do you speak to the people in parables? And he replied, Because the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, but not to them. Whoever has will be given more, and they they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken away from them. This is why I speak in parables. Though seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not hear or understand. In them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. You will be ever hearing, but never understanding. You will be ever seeing, but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise they might see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their hearts, and turn. And I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. For truly I tell you, many prophets and righteous people longed to see what you see, but did not see it, and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed that was sown along the path. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. 
When trouble or persecution comes because of the world, they fall away. They quickly fall away. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop, yielding a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field, but while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did these weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. The servants asked him, Do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered, because while you are pulling up the weeds, you may uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. At that time I will tell the harvesters, First collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned, then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. Thanks, Craig. And good morning again, everybody. Now, um, Matthew 13, uh, as we've just heard it read, so we're going to be uh, digging into that. Let's um, pray as we begin our time together. Heavenly Father, we do thank you uh, for this time this morning and these words that you've preserved for us to read Uh, these words that describe Jesus during his ministry. And Father, we pray that you'd be calming our hearts, you would give us ears, and that you would let us hear. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I thought we'd start actually this morning with something a bit different. We're going to start by watching a short video. And this is a video, it's an extract of a much longer video, but it's it's an experiment that was run in um, sort of uh, human behaviour. So what they did is they grabbed a group of people who were in the know, and brought them into a room and they were doing some sort of paperwork, filling out a form or something. And then they set off a fire alarm and then after a while they started pumping smoke into this room and this group of people were told not to react, right? Don't do it, just continue going through this form that they're filling in. Um, and then they had one extra person they introduced into the room who didn't understand what was happening and they wanted to look for the reaction of this person. So let's take a look at this uh, and then I'm going to make a couple of comments about it. reacting. She feels uncomfortable. She doesn't want to embarrass herself by taking the lead, taking action. But something is definitely wrong. Lauren stayed in the room for 20 minutes after spotting the smoke, concerned but immobile. The fire brigade say that if this fire had been real, even if flames hadn't burnt through the door, she would have died of asphyxiation in this time. In the end, we had to ask her to leave. Look out here. Thanks. Mm. So it's an interesting experiment in human behaviour, don't you reckon? Um, and the, uh, the longer video is quite interesting. But I watch that and you think, you know, it doesn't really matter what you're doing. If you see smoke, and I don't know if you could see it well on the video there, but the alarm was ringing, smoke was being pumped into the room. If you see smoke and you hear an alarm, that is an invitation to leave, isn't it? 
And it's, and it's a warning as well. It's like, leave now or you might not ever leave. There's a, there's a fire coming. And the experts, if you could hear them there, made the, the comment there that this lady, if that was a real fire, wouldn't have made it out. But she didn't do anything because of the peer pressure. You know, conformity to that group, these people who were just sitting there. No one else was moving. So she ignored the invitation and the warning as well. And the really interesting thing about this experiment is they ran it over and over and over again, each with a different person. But every time, the person did exactly the same thing. They just sat there until it was, would have been too late if it was real. And so I wonder if you just grabbed someone off the street and you said, mate, if you're in a room and a fire alarm went off, smoke was filling the room, would you go and find out how serious that is? Would you leave? I don't think anyone would go, nah, look, I'd just sit there and I'd wait till it's too late. No one would say that. Because dying is something that most people take pretty seriously. It's a life or death situation, that. But if you said to the same person, mate, let me tell you these words from a bloke called Jesus. These are words that are an invitation to heaven and they're a warning about hell. Do you reckon you should go and find out how serious that is? Then what would they say? And I'm sure lots of you have as well, but I've asked a lot of people that question in different ways. And a lot of people say, I'll just wait. Just like the lady in that fire video, I'll just wait. Doesn't make sense. No, I won't take it seriously now, I'll just wait. Except later might be too late see most people they take dying seriously but it's the bit after that that they don't take seriously and it's that part that our passage talks about today our passage today it's an invitation and it's a warning take it seriously it's an invitation to hear the word of the kingdom and it's a warning actually for anyone who refuses to hear it. Now if you cast your mind back to the earlier part of Matthew, before this chapter, Jesus has been doing his ministry. Some have come to believe. But there's been a lot of hostility and a lot of rejection of Jesus, particularly in uh, the two chapters that precede this one, chapters 11 and 12. And so we get to this series of parables that sort of bring some of these things together. And so the first point that I want us to look at this morning is that God's word is always effective. God's word is always effective. And so just to set the scene in verse 2, we see there that Jesus is speaking to a lot of people. Like There's heaps of people there, so many, he's got to jump into a boat and go back into the lake a little way so that he can speak to all of them. And he speaks to them about all sorts of things and it's all in parables, as we heard uh, from our, uh, our reading. And at the end of that first one, the parable of the sower, Jesus says this, Whoever has ears, let him hear. In other words, listen carefully. Listen carefully, Jesus says. Because it's so easy not to listen carefully. Like take me, more than once, my wife Bron has told me, Coops, the meat that I've just put in the fridge is raw bacon and it is not ham, so don't eat it. And I've said, obviously, do you think I'm an idiot? 
But I've been busy and they haven't really taken in her words. And then later on, I've gone to the fridge and thought, great, fresh ham. And I've put it in my sandwich. I've done that a couple of times. So far, not poisoned. But it's easy, isn't it, not to put the effort in to really listen. And that's what Jesus means when he says after this parable, whoever has ears, let him hear. Listen. Because a parable, it needs a bit of thought to work out the meaning behind it. You've got to want to understand the parable. It stimulates your mind. When you, you get there, it makes its point stick. That's its purpose. And if you don't, then it's just a story. And the truth of it just passes you by. And so in this account here in Matthew 13, who was listening to Jesus? Who has heard him? Well, it's the disciples. They must have been listening properly because they come to Jesus and they get given the explanation for this parable. Now, there was heaps of people there, wasn't there? Like we said earlier, there's a, Jesus jumps on a boat to get away a little bit so he can speak to everybody. Uh, but only those who, by God's grace, follow Jesus, only those ones seek him out and come to understand. And so the rest, Jesus says, they don't see, they don't hear, and they don't understand. And this is where uh, Jesus quotes Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah from the Old Testament. And if you remember where this comes from, in the book of Isaiah, God commissions Isaiah to go out and to preach to Israel, to God's people. But the result of Isaiah's preaching was actually going to make the people even more stubborn. It was going to make them harder for them to turn back to God. It was God's judgment on them for choosing to turn away from him. And so here Jesus quotes Isaiah again because it's the same in Jesus' day as it was for Isaiah. Some don't want to understand and so for them, Jesus' words, it actually it strengthens their unbelief, sort of cements them in their rejection. And then in this parable, we see the parable in action, really, don't we, in the different reactions between the disciples and the crowd? Because the disciples show that they are the good soil. They hear Jesus' words. They're given to understand them. But the others don't. And so can you see here in this description, Jesus' words here, that they are always effective. They're always effective. They never do nothing. So some are given to seek him out and understand, but others become more resistant and they push him away even further. Well, in either case, Jesus' words have an effect. And those same words are here for us. They're here for us in our Bibles. And so actually today it's no different. Jesus' words are still effective. They're still effective for us. And if you've shared those words with people, you may have experienced that first type of reaction that Jesus talks about in verse 19, where he says, When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and doesn't understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart, this is the seed sown along the path. This is someone who hears the gospel, they have a closed heart, no interest, and so they push it away. Or the second type of person, 
that Jesus describes. This is someone who does actually hear the word. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. And when trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. This is a person who sees something in what Jesus offers. They see something in it, but there's no depth to their faith. And so when it gets hard, they give it up. And I think in the coming years, and we're already seeing it, this environment in Australia is getting harder and harder for followers of Jesus. Because the way the gospel defines life and death and sexuality and what is good and what is truth, those things don't change. But society is moving further and further away from those definitions and those understandings. It's going to get harder for people who talk and demonstrate their faith. And so these words of Jesus here, I think they tell us that some will find the pressure of standing by the gospel standing by uh, the things that their gospel-believing church stands for, some will find the pressure of that too much. And so without deep enough roots, the pressure will mean that, tragically, some will walk away. Or the third type of person, the seed falling among the thorns, refers to someone who hears the word, But the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. And maybe this one for us in Australia is the most deceptive because we are very wealthy. Australia is a very wealthy country. and Even if you live in Australia and you have very little, if you live here by global standards, we are very wealthy. And we're connected to everything, aren't we, these days? Life is fast and it's intense. So there is real danger here that without a deep-seated trust in God the worries of the everyday can suffocate our spiritual life, can cause us to be unfruitful. If you remember the Sermon Sermon on the Mount, Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, chapters 5 to 7 in Matthew, you know, he talked about fruitfulness, things like generosity and humility, forgiveness, love of neighbours, all those sorts of things. But without a deep-seated trust in God, the worries of the everyday can suffocate those things. This one life we've got can only grasp so many things. So other priorities can compete with the word. We can be distracted from it. I mean, there's lots of examples of distractions, but I think you know what I mean. Without a deep-seated trust in God that comes from the Word, our priorities could become many things. Bank account, status, just the pleasures of life. But if they crowd in and become the priority over the Word, then we will be seduced away from God. And so I think the question that comes from that, well, what does it mean to pay God's Word serious close attention what does that look like what do I need to do and I'm not going to answer that question I think that's different for different people but I do want to ask you to do something and that is that when we stop and have morning tea I want to invite everyone to talk to each other about how to pay God's word serious close attention 
just spend some time to think about that amongst ourselves. We drink coffee and we should talk about the footy, but, but not too much because the West Coast Eagles are not in the grand final. But we should do those things. But before that, let's talk to each other about how to pay God's word serious, close attention. Because that is what will develop a deep-seated trust in God. Now I want to give you just a word of assurance having said that because I think some of you may be sitting here and inside feel like a rising fear that you know this isn't, this isn't you, you're failing to take God's word seriously. Maybe you're feeling a sort of rising panic about that but if that is you then I want you to know that uh, if you're feeling that then you know how important God's word is for your life and that's a sign of fruitfulness not unfruitfulness. So don't fear like the rest of us, take it as a reminder of what the real priority is. And then finally, Jesus describes the good soil. The seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop, yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. If we hear and we understand God's word, we'll act on it, we will be fruitful. And not just a little bit, many times over. And so, as I said, when we have morning tea, please ask each other, what things can we do to stop? How can we stop and take God's word seriously? And let's spend some time thinking about that for ourselves. Because the one who hears the word and understands it will be fruitful. Generosity, humility, forgiveness, trusting God and love. Love. And that can be seen in lots of different ways, can't it, love? And one of the greatest of those, one of the greatest examples of love is finding a way for people to hear about the thing that they need most, to be saved. That is a great act of love, even though it is sometimes so hard to do. It's a great act of love. And as we're doing that, sometimes we might wonder, is God actually doing anything at all? with these words that we pass on to people about Jesus. But God's word is always effective. Always effective. And understanding that actually, it helps us to make sense of our world. Because God's word shapes our world. And that's our second point this morning. God's word shapes our world. If you notice straight after the parable of the sower, we get the parable of the weeds. So Jesus, he's explained how God's word works on the individual. And now he moves on to give us this picture of, of our reality and God's plan of it, or God's plan with it rather, with the parable of the weeds. The parable of the weeds, this is a parable that says, those who believe in the word, those that believe Jesus is the son of God who died and rose, rose again to bring us to God through faith, those are the good seed. And they exist in the world alongside those who don't believe, those who reject God. But the parable tells us it will only be that way for a time. It's just for a time and then the end will come and the field will be harvested. In other words, those who trust Jesus will be gathered to him and those who don't will be sent away to hell. And so it means 
that we should expect that in this time there is mess and there is trauma and there's suffering because of sin, because of rejecting God. But be patient because this parable shows God has a plan in all of that. And it shows us too that there is this spiritual aspect to it all. Did you notice that in the parable of the weeds? It's like God has opened the curtains just a little bit and we can sort of peek into this spiritual reality that here in the Western world we don't normally experience directly so much. But later on in the chapter, and we didn't read it, but later on in the chapter Jesus explains the influence the devil has in God's good world this divide between good and evil and so he explains that those who hear the word should look different did you notice there in verse 26 the weeds only appeared once the wheat had become fruitful when the wheat sprouted and formed heads then the weeds also appeared See, before that, they looked the same, these plants. The one who hears the word, though, will look different to those around them through the fruitfulness of their lives. So we should expect to exist together, but look quite different. And from this parable, we should understand that we live in this time before the end. It's a time where there is still evil influences in our world, but it's a time for sowing and for being fruitful, seeing people saved through hearing and understanding God's word. And a time for growing in our own fruitfulness through the hearing and the understanding of God's word. And the time is not forever. There is an end and there will be judgment. And that's what Jesus refers to here in verse 30 that we did hear read when he says... First collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned. And we didn't read this part, but he goes on in verse 40 to explain it. He says, as the weeds are pulled up and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send out his angels and they will weed out of his kingdom everything that causes sin and all who do evil. They will throw them into the blazing furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. Whoever has ears, let him hear. We can't sin against the eternal God and just expect him to let that go. It's not loving, that's just not caring. But God does love. So much he sent Jesus and took the consequences of sin on himself. That's how much he loves. If you hear his words and come to trust Jesus, then Jesus paid the price for you. You're forgiven. God offers that to anyone who wants to hear and understand his word. He offers that to everybody. And so what we've read this morning, it shows how God's words shape what our world looks like. They show the reality of his kingdom and they show how we are saved to be in it through faith in Jesus. So I'm going to lead us in prayer in just a moment and it's right, it is right to do that because there is this spiritual reality that this parable shows us 
And we need God to deal with that. But I want to say, if you haven't yet heard God's word and understood it, if you haven't taken the time to really consider it, please, please take the time to do it. Please take the time to do it. Because we exist in this time, but it is coming to an end. But it's only God's kindness that he's giving us this peek into the reality of things in giving us this time to turn to him in repentance and faith. Please take the time to do that. Like the lady in the fire video, don't ignore the signs that are right here in front of us. Hear the word of the kingdom. And I'm going to pray now that you will. But let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this glimpse into a reality that we often don't think too much about. We thank you for showing us the reality of our world and how you're working in it through your word. Father, we pray you would help us here and understand your word very well. Give us a hunger and a thirst for it so that we turn to it often. We're filled by it. We pray that your word would continue to change us in character, that we might abound in fruitfulness. Father, for those who haven't heard and understood your words, please, please, we ask, save them. We pray that today, right now, they would decide to take it seriously, to ask someone, pick up a Bible, listen to a podcast, but do something to hear your word. Father, please bring them to you, safe through faith in Jesus. And it's in his name we pray. Amen.